Welcome to Weekday Worship. Weekday Worship. Weekday Worship. Oh my gosh, you're going to no. love how that sounds oh on the recording gosh. dish. <laughs> can, we get, can we run that oh back? Man. Take yeah. If Weekday we... Worship. Okay. That was a little better. Okay. That was a little better. You're just... Caleb's voice is running a little high today. Just no, it's not. not. <laughs> That's not I know. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. We have a special guest with us in studio today. Hey. Caleb, do you want to introduce? Well, you just took the job. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just took and ran with. Like I just he, kicked your dog. He just well, you you do like, you do steal his thunder a lot. I'm not do gonna I lie. Really? You do. How so? I just just trust me as a listener. Can you just of, trust as her. a new listener of the pod who has gone through and listened to like. 30 episodes in the past week. Man. In preparation for today. <laughs> in preparation for today. So you, she listened to 30 episodes. She spent, a, she spent a lot of time with I our did. voices. Uh, hold on. So I, you can't give me any examples? I mean, this you, is a blind you, spot for me, so I'd like to know about You do it. the yeah. Dax Shepard thing where you just get so excited about the thought that you have. You just have to insert it, and I feel like it's like ADHD, you know? <laughs> there is... I grew up probably a little before that was a common thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you Oof, really get that. tough, so tough. I probably have some ADHD um, tendencies. Uh, yeah, some, yeah. Some traits. Yeah. I don't know that I'm that, but I but I have some traits. Probably. Yeah, you absolutely you, what, do. Like one thing that I would say is that you'd be shocked at the number of thoughts I'm suppressing. Oh my god! All the time, like you're you're just so squirrely. <laughs> you are. I know. Squirrely. It's just like this. That's like, a new adjective uh, for you. You know, when you're just, it's just That's buzzing funny. through you. We still haven't introduced our guest. Yeah. Oh, hey. Who are you? My name is Dish. <laughs> My full name is Dishari, but because I live in America, I go by Dish. And if you were a teenager in the 90s at any point, you <laughs> refer to her as Dishwala. That's absolutely false. Do you, do, <laughs> do you know the reference that he's talking about? Yes. yes. Only now. She didn't Only know now. Before. I didn't know who it was There's before. probably a large portion of listening that does not know so, the uh, for you know for the listener Dishwalla is a 90s rock band one mm. hit wonders one hit wonder counting blue cars was their wow. top of the charts kind of song yeah and James likes to equate me with them no not equate it's just a nice little uh, it's a nice ring it kind of rolls out Dishwalla it, it has transferred to a few other people calling me that has it really yes who else Scotty oh is that all <laughs> yeah that's all we call Scotty Scotland sometimes. Do you call him that? Um, there's, as you can tell, there's too many nicknames that go around this place. There are, but don't you feel like that's a sign of like kinship and family? Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a fraternal thing. Yeah. Sure. Um, uh, maybe a few disclaimers on the pod today. So, what? like, number one. Disclaimers? Well, so we think we've got some audio things sorted out, but if there's some <laughs> discrepancies, yeah. we apologize in advance. We, are, we have limited equipment that we're going to have to upgrade. For having guests. With all of our advertisement money. Yeah. Um, I mean, people are actually banging down the door to get on the pod now. Guys. Yeah. Now that I, I, I work for, for Chick-fil-A, I feel like I could get Chick-fil-A to sponsor the pod. Hold on. Don't you think I could? Stop. The chicken shack? I don't know. I can tell you you're not the first Chick-fil-A employee to come to our church, but you are the first one to offer yeah. the potential of Who's the first? Well, my son Josiah worked for Chick-fil-A. For that doesn't time. count. He was in the kitchen. 
I work yeah. for Chick-fil-A Inc. Was. Corporate. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's a story there. I'm a corp girly. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, we apologize for audio. We think we can. We think it's working for three. Like people. I hope so. We're going with it. And uh, yeah, so we got Dish on the pod because this is the first ever. Actually, this is making weekday worship history. Well, I mean, we 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 say all the time. If you've got ideas. Bring them to us. I probably I say that all the time. Yeah, you do invite that. And Dish took us up on that. Yeah, and and she went a little above and beyond having an idea for us to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> she, Her idea yeah. was, why don't I come on the podcast <laughs> and talk about my own ideas? I just I just love to hear myself talk, guys. Okay, uh, I just yeah. had to be on. Do you do you anticipate listening to this episode after? Absolutely not. No. Uh, maybe for the funny parts, but for the serious parts, I'll definitely have to skip over them. So you anticipate a, a, a solid mixture of funny and serious. Do, yeah, do I you, hope so. Do you like the sound of your voice? recorded no absolutely i don't like the sound of my voice in general because <laughs> it sounds like a 10 year old no, i've had uh, in college i called domino's to order a pizza and they asked me where my mom was <laughs> to confirm that this was a legitimate order did you take your business I elsewhere I had no olds in my household order pizza and they weren't asked that well it was a different time back wow. then i didn't know like do you have to check like an 18 i'm 18 box on domino's i'm sure you do don't you Maybe that was post Home Alone. Macaulay because Culkin got away with too many. I feel pieces. like people. I feel like the youths, the street youths, like prank pizza places now. Well, now you can just use AI and have like your oh, voice altered. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. That is not what I'm here for. So, you wanted to come on the pod, not just. I mean, kind of just because. <laughs> Absolutely, but you did because actually have an idea. I do have an idea. Is that what we're doing? I'm in the dark here. These no, two have Caleb, talked about it, but I yeah. Haven't. When, when are you not in the dark? <laughs> <laughs> I mostly come in the spot. dark, that's fair. <laughs> so, well, Dish told me she had an idea. I said, yeah, okay, we'll think about it. And then she sends me a uh, a business plan the next <laughs> night. <laughs> By the way, is this setting a new precedent? Can just what? anybody, like, can no. anybody's idea be to come on the podcast? Absolutely not. If they put this sort of effort into the ideas. Okay, so she's I, done work. She did some she, work. She did, she did, she did work. a lot of work. Yeah. Okay. She even sent me... The famous slideshow oh. that has been... Did you look through it? Oh, I absolutely did, and I was shocked. Yeah. Shocked and appalled, or just... Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, so are tell, you, us, tell you, us about that. Okay, so, for context... You really put it out there. Yes, okay. I really put it out there. Right. So, we can leave it in the show notes, maybe. Depends. <laughs> oh, my depends God. On. Uh, on, These poor <laughs> gentlemen. That feels like it obligates me to doing more yeah. work. If this was done to me, I'd file defamation suit. Oh, my gosh. That's so extreme. I feel like it's an honor for them. Do you put their 12... Okay. Oh, we're, we're, we're leaving okay. everybody okay. out in the dark. Right. So, for context, there was this time in college where I noticed this trend that every time I liked a boy or had a crush on him, it sounds so dumb, but... Whatever, a crush. They mm-hmm. immediately got a girlfriend right after and then ended up marrying that person. A lot of times, so you thought a it was friend of mine. So I, I thought I had some bad juju. Mm-hmm. So I made this PowerPoint. This is like 27 dresses, kind of. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Except there's 34. Oh, And, wow. yeah. Well, okay, don't say it like that. Well, I'm just saying they should have made the movie about you. I mean, they should have. It is one of my favorite movies. So I made the slideshow to prove to my friends that this was a pattern. But then as the years went on, I was like, this feels kind of fun to just keep adding mm-hmm. people. And it's called the PowerPoint is called To All the Boys I've Ever Liked, based off of Jenny Han's 
to all the boys I've ever loved uh-huh. or I've loved before, however it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To all the boys I've ever loved, I think is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, got 32 slides or 34. The front and back are just the title and the end. But there are 32 men on there that I have had crushes on. Once, maybe twice. Though many of them, you're saying men, their pictures are of them when they're like in the middle of puberty. <laughs> because that's when I liked them, was in high school. Okay. so, so High I, school or before? I heard there was like... Well, there was one there was from... Like, like elementary school. There was one from kindergarten. Yeah, this is like illegal. She's got like like pictures of kids when they're like 10 years old on there. Oh, with their, with their, oh my you, gosh. You could have changed their names. Why would I change their names? Just to protect their identity. No, this is being honest, authentic. Why doesn't this world value authenticity anymore? Okay, so well, well this this uh, slideshow. Okay, so a few of us who were single at church went to a friend's lake house. And they did it last year. I wasn't able to go. But this year I got to go, and it was wonderful. We had the best time ever, you know, just... Got to hang out, fellowship, eating together. And, you know, Saturday night, you, like, get a little loopy and silly because you haven't spent any time alone. And I just was jazzed up. You personally are all all these people. I feel like everyone gets a little loopy on a Saturday night. I live with eight people. I would be loopy all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, when you're on vacation with your friends and you're so tired, but you're also, you know, when you get the giggles. When you get the giggles, okay. And so a friend was telling us about the one that got away, and then we started throwing around the question, like, who is the one that got away? And then I thought of this PowerPoint. There goes the night. (laughs) There goes the night. And I thought of this PowerPoint because that person was really vulnerable, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to match their vulnerability. And so I showed... You times 33. I went up them times 33. (laughs) I showed them this PowerPoint. It, I think it probably took me an hour to present it to the people. It was very long. Wow. But that's more because but you're a showman. I am a showman. I have great... It's fine. We don't need to be okay. PC. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. You were a show human. I am a show <laughs> human. <laughs> and I have great stage presence. And, you know, I love to put on a little bit. I was told by the person after this. I heard about this. After the fact, and somebody told me this should go into stand-up comedy. Which would be a terrible um, idea. I'm just saying that was the recommendation. But, I, see, stand-up comedy, I feel like, you, we're getting... We should do, we should do a, a dish stand-up comedy special here at the church for charity. <gasps> wow, that would go terribly. Why? Because I feel like you have to come up with really funny jokes, and I think I'm just, like, naturally a funny person. Like, I can talk and make you laugh, but I can't, like, come up with, like... But um, you can't stage a joke. Like, no, 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 absolutely not. Beth Hanley can do that. No, she well, well she she refuses deliver. to come on. I know so. it's literally so sad. This is going to be a hard podcast. Okay, <laughs> we're just like rabbit trails. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, okay, I okay, okay. So, so yeah. you sh- so you show this to everybody. You're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're thinking about other stuff going on in life. Yes. And then we had a conversation a couple weeks ago. Yes. That spawned what we want to talk about today. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That, so, fair point. This is all related to this episode. Yes. This isn't all... Your path... Like, some people will be like, man, y'all riff for, like, a long time at the beginning of this <laughs> oh, week's no. episode. This isn't that. We're into content. Yes. It's yes. It's context. It's a backstory, right? Yeah. This is Every the word matters. <laughs> yeah, we don't waste a single word on weekday. We never. Shows. Never. There's always a reason for everything. No, I've never skipped through the first couple of minutes. Well, you're a real fan. 
I'm kidding. I haven't. You should sign up. Five dollars a month I, for extra I hate content. Patreon. Is that the Patreon? Is yes. Four ninety nine or something yes. like that a month. <laughs> Subscribe. We'll send out what we cut off at the front every time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea either. I don't think it'll last very long. I don't think so. Okay. Anyway, so, so I'm I am presenting this PowerPoint and we're sitting around the table. We also earlier in the night threw around this question of like, what are you grateful for mm. in this season of singleness? And at first it was like met with a lot of pushback of like, ah, oh, this feels awkward. But I feel like it's the, all of this has to do. Like, I'm thinking through all of these things on the weekend of all of us being single, and we're not all very young. Like, we're not all right out of college. Like, mm-hmm. I've, I'm 27, and I feel like one of the younger ones. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all of us are pretty wonderful human beings, and we're all single. And I feel like I'm processing how I don't know that we feel like we can be grateful for singleness. Then I'm doing this PowerPoint and I'm like, dang, I've liked a lot of people and it feels very weird and scary. And like all of it was met with disappointment, you know. Also, side note, there isn't one that got away. I'm very grateful to not be with any of those people. Not because of them. Well, it's not, kind of because there's people <laughs> who didn't make the list. Um, no, no, I'm just saying of the list, oh, oh, oh. I, the whole point of the PowerPoint is like half of those men don't even know Jesus anymore. The other half are married to like the most wonderful people. And I like, am so grateful for their life and can look at it and be like, thank God we didn't get but married, you know? did they all sign a waiver? No, Caleb, <laughs> that is besides the point. You're really stuck on the whole liability thing. Here. Huh? We live in a litigious society. You seem very caught up. I mean, in this. this is just so TMZ. Like I you're feel just like throwing you're people's... shaking the table. I might. You are. you are. So then we get back from this retreat. I get this job with Chick Fil A that I've been interviewing for for three and a half months, mm-hmm. and I'm riding the high. Thank yeah, you. congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Um, and I rode the high, and all of a sudden I come crashing down, and I am riddled with anxiety. And I come to the church and show up and uh, verbally vomit all over James and Caleb. And, yeah, we just came to some conclusions, you and know. we thought, let's record this. Yeah, let's record this for <laughs> yeah, sure. We, we had a secret recording, and we're just going to play that over. Yes, yes, and this is this conversation. Right now. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, but you wanted to talk through it when you came to me about talking about on the pod through kind of something we've been talking about broadly and how we're evaluating or or thinking through lots of different aspects of our life in terms of formation, right? We've been really big on talking about formation, uh, both cultural formation and spiritual formation and how those two uh, are both present uh, in our lives and, and have to be kind of identified and seen uh, or intentionally crafted in order to combat uh, cultural formation. And particularly the idea that there's already a story, like we're all in a story. We're all in a narrative that we are unconsciously or consciously uh, living out of, uh, and that has a lot more bearing on how we're dealing with minute actions, decisions, and feelings than we 
we realize sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so kind of the same way we've been working through cultural formation and spiritual formation for things like spiritual practices, why not apply this to something like singleness, mm-hmm. right? And kind of dealing with uh, the experience of uh, not just being single, but just inhabiting the this headspace of singleness, right? Yes. Uh, like, why is it there's a certain way in which people are feeling uh, certain emotions about singleness or expectations about what singleness should be or uh, even expectations of what... A, a quote, see, even using it as a season of singleness, like all these words mm-hmm. we're using, they have, they have meaning behind them. They mm-hmm. have a, a, a particular design or end or, or story that they're working from, mm-hmm. uh, that's shaping probably how they're being thought, thought of in your brain and in your heart, uh, in pretty powerful ways. So one of the things that it makes me think of is the fact that um, 100% of us will be single not 100, something less than 100% of us will be married. Mm-hmm. And yet we give so much attention to talking about marriage. Yeah. But like every single one of us is going to grow up unmarried. You're going to probably spend at least some time as a pseudo adult and into adulthood. I say pseudo for like 18, 19, 20, like mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. on the cusp of adulthood and then into adulthood single. If you do get married at some point, Generally speaking, one of those spouses is going to, even if you have a great long marriage, is going to pass away before the other and you will return to singleness. Mm -hmm. And so singleness is actually more universally um, applicable Mm -hmm. a life stage than is marriage, Mm -hmm. in fact. That's not to say that it's not really important to think through marriage. Sure, sure. And just the sociological fact right now, uh, singleness is on the rise, for a, a host of reasons. Yeah, it's on the rise and it's being prolonged. Prolonged and on the rise. So I, I mm-hmm. would, I, I, maybe you, you can think about this more. I, I feel like today in a, a church, a normal sized church, there's probably more single people than there was 20 years ago in yeah, the makeup most. of a church. Yeah. And I think that's probably rising, rising just due to larger trends within. Uh, our society. Yeah, the, the trends are something like, and this is not precise, but you know, and uh, it's something like when I was growing up, probably in like the '90s or so, um, people, the average age of a person getting married for the first time was somewhere I think for men around 27, women was around 26, and it's basically up four to five years on both fronts mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm, uh, interesting. Like in the last like 30 yeah. years or yeah. something like that. And I do feel like the single people, like I feel like a lot of people your age, James, when they were. Fresh out of college, going to church, it. I hear so many stories of like, oh yeah, there were a few of us, and I met so and so and got married. Like more people were just pairing off. I feel like, as single people in the church and getting married, like that was more of the culture. Or I've heard of so many ministries like, for First Baptist Atlanta, whatever the Stanley Church is, that one there was like a huge. Single singles ministry, ministry. and the whole point was like pairing each other off mm-hmm. essentially i mean i know i can name 10 couples off the top of my head mm-hmm. that i met that yeah that's how they all met each other and how they started families so Where i think at church you spent time in that singles ministry <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> so i i think that should communicate to us that we probably have to think about singleness more than we have or sh- yes. because it's a bigger block of people that uh, uh, we need to give attention to. Yeah. Both as 
thinking through how to minister to them well, how to uh, illustrate sermons for them better, like all of these mm-hmm. things that have not been on the front burner, I think, sometimes of how we think about yes. singles because it seems like such a minority where it's just not. Yes. Um, oh, and that just makes it so on a side note. I worked for a ministry for the past five years, and I've never been to a camp where there's a speaker proclaiming the gospel. And for there's a gospel progression throughout the week. So you start with creation, and by the end of the week, you talk about, you know, Jesus dying on the cross and appropriation, how to have a relationship with him. And the illustration has always been. And so I had to ask my wife to marry me, and there was a response. And so that has always been the image that I have seen at, at camp that is equated to having a relationship with Jesus, is that there's a response, which is like a beautiful thing. But also when, you're, when you've got 614 to 18-year-olds in a room, and that's the only way that you're presenting the gospel, it, this imagery, I feel like it starts so young, the way that our brains are being shaped, or like the cultural cultural narratives and the liturgies that are like ingrained in us all throughout our lives in early adolescence and I, on. I've caught myself, I just noticed it, and I don't even know what to make of it, but mm-hmm. just in terms of just the way we default think and operate. I've noticed that, particularly with my girls probably recently, who it's funny how, how you see in a six and a nine-year-old yeah. already the the romantic thing like yes. in, right? Oh, like yeah. In the, the crush language and the yes. things like, I, I should have, I should have Ray go ahead and start her PowerPoint. How? <laughs> 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 and, uh... We'll start praying for so, her. <laughs> but... But what I've noticed is, like, I have, I, I will refer to, like, well, one day when you're married. Yes. Da, 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 the da, da, automatic da, da. assumption. There, yes. There, and I've caught myself going, like, huh, that's interesting that I assume that's coming for her. I yes. talk as if that's coming for her. Like, it's a sure thing. Mm-hmm. And we don't, you pray, like, even I hear parents talk about praying for their kid's future spouse mm-hmm. as a... As a as a just a an assumption. Yes, which isn't inherently bad. Like no. you were. No, you it's just know. something that I yes. noticed. Yes, that yes, yes. There is this sort of um, we assume a certain progression in yes. life that has somewhere where we're dangling the carrot of marriages yes. down the road, and it's it's like a reward for growing up. Or yes, something like, that, like right? that's how you know you've made it. Yeah. Which again. Marriage, we're not dogging on marriage at all. Like, it is a beautiful and wonderful I'm thing. In it. I love it. I'm These two it. are in it. I would love to be married one day. It's not something that we're, we're trying to, like, dog on or put down. It's just how can we elevate singleness to the same plane as marriage, that they're, like, equal but different. Well, at, le- at least showing it as what I would want to see is its own unique, worthy way of life yes um, yeah. that god has wonderful things to do with yes um so and we want people to not have a, a way of well if i'm stuck in this stage yes. i may as well make the most of it oh, mentality gosh. But yes. rather an enlarged robust glorify god glorifying vision mm-hmm. for that however long and at whatever stages of life you are single like how do you live in that um, to the utmost. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So with the necessity of singleness and how to think about it on the table, how do we think 
the culture actually thinks about singleness? How are we being formed to think about singleness and its relation to things like romance and marriage, just culturally, and whether it be uh, literature, art, media, movies? Mm-hmm. What, do, what do you think are those sorts of narratives that are being told about singleness in the culture? Yeah, I feel like, for me, I feel like the overall tone of it is negative. Um, it And so I guess... If you're talking about secular world, singleness is like, you know, it's on the rise. People want it. They're like, this is freedom, and I'm going to do whatever I want with whomever I want, and this is just my life. And so I think in that way, it's like that is not the point of singleness at all. So that's, But it's just, you know, that's not great. But Equating singleness with extreme autonomy. Yes, extreme autonomy. And what's funny about that is that the counter— it, it's not as if that's juxtaposed with this like beautiful vision of marriage, mm, right? Yeah. It's actually embedded in a downgraded view of marriage yes. as well, where yes. it sees marriage as entrapment of sorts. Absolutely. And like that's when your life is over. Yeah. Which is so interesting. So interesting. And it and yeah. And then I feel like in the church, if singleness feels like at least in my experience People are always like, oh, are you dating anyone? Like, that feels like the most common question. Mm-hmm. Or are you dating anyone yet? Or what does this look like? Or if you're catching up with someone, it feels like the main focus of what people actually care about. Not like, oh, what is God doing in your life right now? And so then you are internalizing it as, oh, this is the only thing that gives me value is whether or not I'm dating someone. Or I feel like it could also be portrayed as single people in the church could be selfish because they don't want to like give their life away and get married and do all these things. And it's like, or another one that I've just seen a lot yeah. is an assumed, uh, uh, inordinate volume of baggage. Yes. Let's say like what's oh, wrong with them. They're that old and they're single. Yes. What's wrong with yes. that kind of mentality? Absolutely. Yes. And so, but then it's just interesting because growing up our whole lives, at least for me, I didn't grow up in the church, but I would say for most people, you like grow up watching movies and TV shows and the centrality of all of it is love. Like someone is always dating or in the pursuit of that or, you know, like that is always the biggest focus of movies in general and the rom-com industry is bananas and i love 27 dresses you know i love all of it yeah. but also i can recognize that there's something really can, unhealthy can we just do a quick sidebar yeah let's do a sidebar give, give, give like, it to me give me like three favorite rom-coms okay 27 dresses that's like a show yes that wow. high i probably watch it did that inspire any part of the powerpoint and uh, no okay no right. two, i probably watch it like two to three times a year tough 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 um and then there's the to all the boys series that is like it took me into a deep depression (laughs) once because once for lent i gave up technology and so then i you read that series i read the series all three books and i'm a fast reader so i read it all within 48 hours All three of them. And then it was a Sunday. And, you know, you're supposed to have freedom on Sunday. 
and the, this poor, poor theology when it comes to Lent. So then on Sunday, I was like, wow, this is my free day. I'm going to watch all three movies. <laughs> and that night, it's I remember immersion. sobbing and calling my mentor being like, why aren't these people real? What's happening? And this was only two years ago. And this is your favorite. Yes. But I haven't watched it <laughs> since two years ago. Okay. I want that to be very clear. Yeah. I haven't even gone near it. But it is one of my favorite series. Okay. I think because I identify with the main character being Asian, but then growing up in a very white school, and she's like, whatever, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> so then I feel like Little Women, it's not necessarily a rom-com, but I feel like it's... it's Are we talking about the old, old school one? Or the no, Greta absolutely Gerwich? not. Uh. The, the Greta one <laughs> from 2019? Uh, yes. Yeah. That is my all-time favorite movie. And then the last song with Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth. Are you, in general, a Nicholas Sparks fan? No, but that is the one that I love. Because that is one of his, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. It was made just for Miley. Uh, well, Confession? Yes. I watch all Nicholas Sparks. Heck yeah. So made I haven't read Absolutely. the books, but I read all. I that was, yeah. like, before Miley Cyrus... Yeah, went off the deep, deep end. <laughs> R.I.P. Miley Cyrus from Last Dance love you, or whatever. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> what sorry, sidebar. Okay, sorry. We were saying. I don't know what we were well, saying. Well, so uh, you're talking about how there's this oh. there's this kind of narrative right now of people really wanting this kind of raw raw singleness. Like yes. I can do my own thing. I can well, have this autonomy. Is, this, but but I actually not think in the church. I think I think I think that's a. That's a counterculture to what is still the dominant narrative in culture, which yeah. is, I mean, everybody's still watching The Bachelor yes, and Love is Born. they're obsessed. Like, like, all of our, all of our, I don't watch all it. of our media and stuff is, is finding romance yes. is the gospel story. Absolutely. It just, the, hands I mean, down is. Friends, How I Met Your Mother, like, every, everything yeah. centered. Every sitcom seems to be like, yes. yes. It's, it's this really what it is. Yes. It's not actually, to me, when I watch those shows... It's not actually an obsession with finding love in a particular person. It's just it's just the idea being in love with love. Yes. In some yeah. ways. You know what I mean? Because it is like everyone is like, Yeah, I'm singleness, woohoo or not everyone, but you know, there is this culture of it that's freedom, but I feel like they're also seeking that freedom in hoping that they do end up finding someone. Or like I've heard of so many people being like, oh yeah, I was on a dating fast. And then all of a sudden, yada yada, whoever shows up. And it feels like, oh, you're not even really trying to be single to be single. It's like, this feels like a means to an end. Like yeah. this is what you have to go through yes. to then fall so, in love. So, so I really think that's still the dominant, yes. the dominant narrative. Absolutely. Romance is the finding of salvation yes. in some ways. Completion in life. And I like what you said. Being in it's in love with love, yes, yeah. as an idea or ideal, mm-hmm. yes, not a without any here, Here's why I go to self deny, and you know the, and so you combine that with expressive individualism, where you have to create a very unique mm-hmm. version of your salvation story. Yes, and so it's this heightened pressure of romance is salvation, and my to actually make it. To enhance it, my story has to be like this beautiful, crazy, romantic mm-hmm. journey, and like the meat cute, as people sure, call sure, it. Sure, sure, the the meat cute, mm-hmm. and then you, like all the movies, stop at that point. Mm-hmm. Like you find the romance, it begins, and it's this right off in the sunset. You, like yeah. you think of you think of these movies, all of them are either at the front end finding the love, or at the back end where it yes. blows up. Like it's yes. never a movie about the, the thirty in years in between. No, right? it's yeah. like, no. 
Uh, except the story of us. What's the story of oh, us? Oh, Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, that's too old. Bruce Willis. Oh, I love Michelle. Okay. This is a movie? Yes. Oh, I thought, I, I thought you were talking about This Is Us. No, 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 not that. <laughs> no, 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 that different, not different, the TV show. Movie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I commend that show. That okay. Movie to you. Okay. Wow. It's pretty, pretty emotional. Okay. Okay, so then applying that to singleness, mm-hmm. singleness is either a reaction to that. Yes. That kind of uh, doggedness about mm-hmm. finding romance. So it's, it's almost like a rebel culture in yes. some ways. Yes. Right? Or it's a... Uh, a, solu- a problem that needs a solution. Mm-hmm. So I found this study that showed that, like, the majority, like we're talking 90 percentile of books that are published, this is broadly, this isn't like Christ- just Christian literature, this is literature broadly, mm-hmm. of, like, popular books produced on the idea of singleness, all of them are framed in, like, the book is for finding the solution to singleness. Yes, yes. Or, right? like, this is this is just the season, and it comes to an end. As like, if singleness is itself... A condition, yes, to yes, be avoided. Mm-hmm. It's it's a you as if it's as if it's yeah. a bug that you need to fix. Yes, right, right. In your in the completion yeah. of your story, mm-hmm. Ooh, so Which we're is, making the argument that it's a feature, not a bug. Okay, that I it's don't know a possible what that means. feature. Sure. Um, I feel, I mean, and that's that is how I feel, and how a lot of my friends feel is like, what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing wrong? And that feels like what I always land to, maybe in unhealth is, oh gosh, what do I need to do to fix myself? And then you go through this cycle of like, okay, maybe I'll work out more or I'll eat better or I should maybe go put myself in these scenarios or I need to change my personality in this way or that way. Have you tried speed dating? James. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious about that environment. Point in case. Sorry, my bad. Point in case. Case in point. Yeah. Case in point. Yeah. I don't know Southern expressions. That might not be Southern. But I actually like mixed metaphors. Where like when you put your I can, kind of so I can never works. get a point saying correct. So, so. anyways, that does feel like the default. And I don't think it's, I think it's predominant amongst single women, especially in the church is I feel like we can sit around and just cry about what's wrong with us instead of. Yeah, instead of the alternative. Well, so think about how deeply rooted this narrative is yes. of finding romance is salvation. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of young Christian kids or people coming into Christianity, particularly young, I just that's just my experience, it, where there's an assumption that like that's a big part of what's going to happen for you if yes. you get on the right path. Yes. Like if you like stop sleeping around or you don't sleep mm-hmm. around, if you have your act together, if you're a good Christian mm-hmm. guy or girl and you just do the right thing through yeah. the right steps, you're going to like, mm-hmm. you're going to find some godly girl or guy and it's going to be mm-hmm. this amazing thing. And, and it's almost like it's part of the package. Yes. Like if you think of soteriology, it's like justification, sanctification, glorification, yes. marriage. Like yeah. it's like, yeah. it's like in the golden chain in yeah. some ways. And we just want to say from weekday worship that that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're Moving signing on. off here. Moving on. Just Next. Funny. Just joking. But but I actually think that's that's be, the the dominant narrative culture has influenced mm-hmm. like the benefits of what people think Christianity brings, yes. and yes. that gets imbibed a lot. And of course, that can happen. I mean, that mm-hmm. happens all the time. I'm not yeah. saying, it's, but I'm saying it, to make it an essential, mm-hmm. and because it's already essential for people coming in, they have to actually be reformed mm-hmm. to not see that as like the ultimate 
mm-hmm. gospel story. They kind of just baptize it mm-hmm. in their own brains if you don't really work to help them think through that. Um, you end up with people like really not being able to focus on what the true need of their life is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is like salvation and union in Christ, because they don't, like, that's all cool, but it doesn't actually fix what they think is their biggest problem. Mm-hmm. So it makes me think of this very, like, this is just so powerful when I read it, of Tim Keller talking about uh, interviewing, or he was counseling a, a teenage girl in his church early on. He says this. He says, years ago in my first pa- pastorate, I met with a teenage girl in our congregation. She was about 16 at the time, and she was discouraged and becoming depressed. I tried to encourage her, but there was a revelatory moment when she said, yes, I know Jesus loves me. He saved me. He's going to take me to heaven. But what good is it when no boy at school will even look at you? She said she knew all the truths about being a Christian, but they were of no comfort to her. The attention, or the lack of it, of a cute boy at school was far more consoling, energizing, and foundational for her joy and self-worth than the love of Christ. Of course, this was a perfectly normal response for a teenage girl. Nevertheless, it was revealing of how our hearts works. Jonathan Edwards would say that she had the opinion that Jesus loved her, but she didn't really know it. Christ's love was an abstract concept, while the love of these others was real to her heart. That was the reality that had captured her imagination. I think that is putting a point on how a lot of people experience Mm -hmm. this need in particular as it's so central to what they actually believe will bring them salvation and satisfaction Mm -hmm. that the actual benefits of being a Christian that are essential seem more periphery Mm -hmm. uh, than something like the love and care of a of finding a romantic partner. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of 26-year-olds and 36-year-olds and 56 and 66-year-olds who have never gotten beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I mean, um, and, the, and you still live in that space of feeling the unwantedness of somebody of the opposite sex sort of undermining the chosenness Mm-hmm. of God mm-hmm. for you, right? Like that the one, cho- God choosing you is not powerful enough at an emotional, personal, visceral level Yeah. to kind of overcome the fact that no boy or no girl has chosen you. So yes, like, yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm nine years into following Jesus and it feels like this is the first time that I've ever really thought about it like this. Like, I think for the past nine years, I've been kind of living just out there and not even just in romantic relationships, but just expecting the world to really fulfill me. And I think sometimes intellectually being like, no, that's not true. And, you know, I'm ministering to teenagers and I'm telling them that all these things aren't going to complete you. Only Jesus can. But I don't really think... Yeah, it felt like an opinion and not a true core belief. And I think I'm now starting to finally unpack all these things. And like when we talked, thinking about, okay, what has my foundation, what has it looked like? Because it feels very rocky and empty and unstable. And like, how is God going to like redeem these things and rebuild and create a new foundation that's truly built off of him? And yeah. It just feels silly that I'm nine years into it, mm-hmm. 
And also... Well, it's not as if, it's not as if the love of Christ has meant nothing. Right? It's almost no. like... There's the very real sense of the yes. love of Jesus. Yes. But then the ultimate validation of that yes. becomes this target Absolutely. of the love of a man. Yes. In your case. Right? Yes. And so it's not that like it's either or. It's that mm-hmm. they're working in concert. The mm-hmm. one is sort of serving to validate and confirm. Yes. Which I will say, I mean, I just thought of this is, you know, when most friends have gotten engaged... They their captions are this was my best yes or things like he I only know the love of God because of the way that this person loves me <laughs> and it's like I understand what you're trying to communicate but to a 23 year old this is like okay so I'm only gonna know the depth of God's love if I get married like I'm missing out on something more than just validation from a man, but now I'm missing out on mm. this part of God and who he is that what if I never get to know him like that? Yeah, because... Is, that's a really powerful. And it, well, these are like godly women yeah. who are like, you know, have given their lives to the Lord, are in ministry, and this is the way that they're communicating about like finally getting married, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so then you're just sitting there like, okay... Just gotta wait till that moment. Well, I think what what's embedded in that is not something that's untrue. No, yeah. but it's a reversing of of how uh, a metaphor and what it signifies works. Yes. And, and, and I know what you're talking about. You see mm-hmm. these kind of captions. It's almost as if marriage is the essential like thing that's signified, and like Christ and the church are the metaphor. Yes. Right. Yes. When in reality. The, the marriage is the unessential metaphor mm-hmm. that points to the real concrete signified thing of Christ and his yes. church. Like, yeah. like you can't know Christ and his love without the true picture of Christ and his church. Mm-hmm. Right? Marriage is just an accessory to that yeah. in circumstance. Just another way to illustrate it uh-huh. instead of the only way yeah. to it, illustrate it. It also misses the fact that the most fully human person to ever live was an unmarried yeah. Was unmarried in middle age. I feel like we <laughs> like to ignore that part a lot. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Which, okay, we, we could really go off I, on I that. I know I got yeah. a zillion things firing off. Yes. Like, yeah. We can go in different directions, so I'm going to have to yield to you. Okay, so let, let's, just, let's just not exhaust this, but just think through some ways in which the embeddedness of, of that singleness and being kind of a problem and romance being kind of a solution, how deeply that is embedded into society. How can singleness in its own categories, like or as its own thing, be something that is a story that God uses? Or is, uh, we get a place in a very powerful uh, narrative that God is telling in the world through the unique category of singleness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's important. Here, Here's something I, I want to mention that to me, counters both sides of the... When you talk about the cultural narrative, you talk about how there's that kind of counterculture of singleness has this kind of rebel identity, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that's reacting to the what they're seeing as the enslavement to romance as a way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the male child, obviously, which is the more dominant culture narrative, which is like singleness is in not a... It's like living half a half-full experience of yes. life, right? As yeah. an identity. Uh, 
I don't actually want to want us to see singleness as an identity yes yes it's, it's a, not an identity no mm -hmm. it's just like everything else an instrument that god uses in our lives absolutely just like marriage marriage mm -hmm. is not an identity that like if i wasn't married i, I there would still be me yes like, it's not an essential aspect of human like it's 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 actually a covenant that i'm in mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know what i mean mm -hmm. and i think singleness is an instrument rather than an identity mm -hmm. that god gives us not to like use as some sort of counter marker against a bigger narrative identity that I don't want, mm -hmm. but actually as an instrument, a tool that God gives me to like do something unique in his world mm -hmm. where my ultimate identity is actually in union with Christ. Yes, you yes. I, mean? I don't want to walk around with the badge of being single. Like I don't want that to be the everyday narrative in which I'm living out of, even though it's a positive thing and is so glorifying to the Lord. I don't want that to be the first thing that I think about or that I tell people or that that is the identity in which I live out of. It's like, let's talk about why singleness is sufficient in itself and how it's a beautiful thing. But also the bigger picture is this meta narrative and the bigger story of what God is doing, what he's always done and like our relationship with him being the most important thing, not like what we do for a living, who we're married to, if we're mm -hmm. single, you know, what kind of car we drive, none of Whether these things. Children. Whether we have children. That's a huge thing, too. It's like all of these things that we're so craving to fulfill us and to mark us and that be our like core identity, where they were never meant to be those things. Mm -hmm. They were just different gifts from the Lord, and we've taken those gifts and made them everything and, like, kind of you know just push God to the side a little mm -hmm. yeah like it's worth considering that you can be and do and honor and obey and fulfill everything God has called you to without without needing to be married or be yes married. absolutely there's like you can you can walk faithfully with the Lord and bear fruit for the Lord and fulfill your purpose in your generation for the Lord and not be married not mm -hmm. be a parent or be married and be a parent like, yes Either or. It does, like your, let's say, fulfilling your destiny, as it were, is not contingent on those things. No, mm -hmm. yeah, yes. absolutely. On the flip side, as, which is helpful as well, if, if singleness and marriage are not just, are not just an identity, mm -hmm. they're actually an instrument, then it matters what we do with it. Yes, absolutely. Right? It matters what I do with my marriage and mm -hmm. what I put its aim towards and how I utilize it towards godly ends mm -hmm. i would say the same about singleness mm -hmm. right? it's an instrument that god has given us in our life uniquely to whether for a season or forever mm -hmm. to uh put towards his work mm. um yeah you're not just biding time until you know real life gets started yeah and somebody comes into your mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. no. for romance no yeah okay so if we're thinking about an instrument rather than uh an identity uh i want to talk about it's the significance, particularly its significance to, like, the we're talking about the story that God's telling, particularly its eschatology. Mm -hmm. So we talk, I think we, we emphasize the, the eschatological, and what I mean by that is the... Uh, the uh, ultimate ends. The ultimate ends, right, uh, of what God's doing with this. We talk about that a lot with marriage and what it points to. In the metaphor, it's beautiful, wonderful, mm -hmm. like 
not ashamed of it at all. Love yeah. it yeah. from Ephesians 5, right? Ephesians 5 says, this is 31, 32. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Quoting Genesis there. And then Paul says, this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So you take Paul, and you see in uh, how Revelation is presented, like their marriage is being used to, to point and signify eschatological pictures and images of what actually is and what will ultimately be revealed mm-hmm. um, as his people, mm-hmm. right? It's, mm-hmm. It has that sort of higher gear to mm-hmm. point you towards. I don't necessarily, we th- I don't know that we focus on or even try to even consider where does, how does singleness point to anything beyond uh, eschatologically mm-hmm. or towards final ends? Does it signify something heavenly like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, there's a lady who wrote a, a book recently uh, based on her dissertation where she, she's trying to think through singleness as kind of a, mm-hmm. through history um, of the church plus uh, in the Bible. And she she says this, she says, the contemporary church tends to be willing, tends to be consistently selective in terms of what it is willing to say concerning the eschatological significance of marriage, while also demonstrating a general unwillingness to say anything at all concerning the eschatological significance of singleness. I think that's true. I don't think I've ever heard anybody mention how does singleness point towards mm-hmm. the end mm-hmm. in some ways. Part of that is just not as obvious. Yeah. Right? Uh, but she she makes this point. She points out a verse that we we probably skip over a lot. She talks about uh, there's this account in Matthew 22 where Jesus is correcting. It's that story where the Pharisees and the Sadducees are trying to fight over the resurrection and they mm-hmm. present Jesus with that narrative, right, about like uh, several brothers. Yeah, they each die and they marry the, the, the wife remaining. So she's had like seven husbands mm-hmm. in this life. Whose husband will she be in heaven? Mm-hmm. Jesus says the... This is, well, this is what he says. He says in Matthew twenty two twenty nine, But Jesus answered them, You're wrong, because you know neither the Scriptures nor the power of God. Verse 30, For in the resurrection they, ne- they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. So Jesus makes clear, no marriage in heaven. Mm-hmm. That's not disparaging marriage on earth. No. Doesn't, I mean, he's, Jesus is pro-marriage. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not what we're trying to get out here. But he is making a point that in heaven and the, particularly the new heavens and the new earth, marriage is a category that falls away. Mm-hmm. So if that's true, someone living in singleness is, and is living in a godly way is actually pointing in some ways to mm-hmm. what life in the future will become like. Mm-hmm. So this is what she says. I, th- I think she's right. Uh, she says, um, Through the pursuit of faithful celibacy in the absence of marriage whether as a lifelong endeavor or as part of a specific season, the single Christian is equipped to allow their present life distinctively to be determined by and reflected of human life in eternity. In a limited but nonetheless very real sense, they already and uniquely participate in the eschatological kingdom in which sexually celibate human persons will not be married to each other. She's not saying there uh, singleness is better than Mm -mm. marriage. But she's saying there is a reality there that actually points you to something coming in the new heavens and the new earth where you'll be yes. a fully alive person mm-hmm. without this particular aspect of life. Mm-hmm. And you get to tap into that mm-hmm. in terms of like living a full life 
in an eschatologically pointing way that is unique to singleness, mm -hmm. which is like, that's amazing. Yes. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So, so I do want to take issue with the fact that nobody's ever talked on this because I preached on he did. a biblical theology of singleness. He did. And a lot of people cried. And so, because they so felt I very just hurt. Say, Caleb, in a Christ-like way, you, not, you neither know the scriptures nor my sermon. Okay, you know well, okay, I didn't say nobody preached on singleness. Dear Lord, I didn't say nobody preached on singleness. Oh my gosh! I said nobody. <laughs> nobody pointed to eschatological significance I think of singleness. I you okay? We'll Should have we, to go back. We'll and let's look. go back. Let's we'll fact go check back it. Let's fact so check I, it. Because here's the like. This is one of the things that I think is so beautiful about the church, though, is that. You will be an individual, every one of us, an unmarried, and in one sense we are the collective bride of Christ, of course, but we will be an unmarried in terms of to another human, uh, individual, in eternity, for eternity, but friendship does exist yes. mm -hmm. in eternity. Mm -hmm. The church, the fellowship of the saints, exists mm -hmm. in rich depth and intimacy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the coming age yes and so that's why like when we deprioritize the the fellowship of brothers and sisters or if we denigrate even the simple thing of really deep meaningful friendship mm -hmm. um as this great gift uh, of from god like as if like marriage is a unique human relationship there's mm -hmm. no doubt about that but it is not the only uh, kind of intimacy. It's mm -mm. not the only kind of, and, and like like we're saying, it is temporary in a way that friendship is not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and in a way that the church is not. Mm -hmm. In a way that life with God is not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I guess the point is, singleness isn't isn't a, like a category they have to kind of just think about non theologically because the Bible doesn't have anything to say about mm -mm. it. And, the, I mean, we could say plenty of things about singleness right now, but it's its own unique, not just experience, but actually narrative that God gives you to, to point towards mm -hmm. greater uh, things to come. Yeah. In some ways. So it's its own preview of coming attractions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In the same way that marriage, marriage is, is supposed to be. Right? Mm -hmm. like, you have a line, I don't want to steal your thunder if you're going to get there from... Uh, I, I have no lines left. Oh, you don't? Well, you're born an hour uh, in. Um, Sam Alberry, what he says about this, the way oh, that yeah, he captures yeah. this really beautifully, is yeah. that whereas marriage is given to signify or, or to embody uh, the beauty of, of the gospel, of the gospel, singleness is something that we're given to to um, to convey the sufficiency. Yeah, of the sufficiency mm -hmm. of the gospel, um, and so they're two distinct things, but they both convey a different angle of the, um, you know, of, of the, the fullness of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so if we're thinking about that in terms of the life of Jesus, right, James talked about who, who can, how could we say that Jesus didn't live the most fully human life, yeah, yeah. right? Um, what we're not saying is that Jesus, Jesus's singleness he didn't just wing it through isolated like that included mm -hmm. a fully meaningful life of friendships mm -hmm. like there's a comedian i forget his names and he, uh you'd know it uh, but he says Nate Bargatze. no 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 he's too funny 
John, John. <laughs> oh, gosh, John Grace. Mulvaney no. or... Uh, oh, John Mulaney. Uh, something like that, yeah. Mulaney? He says he says Jesus' greatest miracle was that he had 12 close friends in his 30s. <laughs> yeah. That's not fun. Like, I yeah. actually think that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. like a... Obviously, he's making a joke, but no, but I, mean, I think like, that's a real thing. I, yeah. I, I, I love that. Actually, like as a deep insight into Jesus is a 30, he's a man in his 30s, single, with 11, <laughs> let's say, oh. really good yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, it wasn't just them that were his good friends. Like there were women that were absolutely his yes. friends yes. that followed Jesus and yeah. had very clearly displayed intimate, close relationships absolutely. with Jesus mm-hmm. that were entirely pure and appropriate. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that's one of the, the misconceptions of of singleness is that singleness is um, well that that intimacy and relationship cannot be enjoyed in singleness. yes yeah and there is obviously physical sexual intimacy mm-hmm. biblically is is not to be entered into um, outside of marriage but in the same way that I have I, I have an intimate relationship with my wife mm-hmm. but then I have intimate friendships as well with even men that are entirely appropriate and God glorifying mm-hmm. and God honoring that are of a different kind. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. the truth is, is that my fullness of life is enhanced and enjoyed when, when those are, when I, when I have those in a robust way through multiplicity of relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I mean, this is now just occurring to me, but, and it feels very obvious, but it's like Jesus's singleness wasn't the most, like, isn't the most talked about thing, nor is it, the most obvious thing because he lived such a full life in community and with such depth of relationships and, you know, in the way that he lived life on earth, it's not like we're dwelling on the fact that he was single. It's like there's so much more to his life Mm -hmm. that we can talk about for decades and before we get to the fact that he is single. Like that is not his core identity. It was just another thing in which he was able to glorify God in. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the vision for the life that I am, like, craving is is I don't want singleness to be just my identifier of, like, oh, there's this, she's another single girl, at her, or she is a single girl at her church. It's like, oh, no, there's this. She, like, loves Jesus deeply. And, like, the way that she interacts with friends and community is so sweet and, like, the way that she serves others is awesome. And like, that is who I, that is the life I think God is calling us to. That's so much bigger than just our, yeah, our identity or our relationship, relationship identity. So maybe as we try to wrap this up a little bit, talking practically, what do you think are ways we as a church and church you know, broader big culture. broader culture, broader church culture can help uh, minister to singles better. Oh, there's so many things. I think just I I don't like tooting um, on our own horn, but I do feel like this is something that I've uniquely experienced at our church. Is like it has felt like the true body of Christ. In that I don't feel cast aside in that way of like you know, her life is less significant. It feels like a lot of the married couples at church have brought me in. And, you know, like last week, 
uh, Wes and Rebecca took Beth and I to the Atlanta United game. Mm-hmm. And it was such a fun time. And they could have asked anyone, but it was just so sweet that they would, like, Note take us cell, to... G- they took us to do something so fun, and, like, we just laughed and had a good time. And the whole time I wasn't thinking, oh, oh that's Wes and Rebecca, and this is me and Beth. It was mm-hmm. like, no, we're all friends in community laughing and talking about fun things and also talking about life. And, like, we had good conversation that was rich about what it's like to be an adult and now parent our parents. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have to just be, like, so separated of those are the marrieds and those are the singles. It's mm-hmm. like that wasn't w- something that I even thought about when hanging out with them. Or, like, just I think the way that we get to interact with the kids at church and how I feel like they get a really beautiful picture of community and friendship and what life with Jesus looks like. Like, I think about it all the time of, man, I wish I was a kid at this church because they just get to see all different kinds of friends and their parents interacting with all different people, not even just single versus married, but, like, from different cultures and different walks of life and how, you know, like, we're all around an hour and a half after church ends, and that's not normal, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that is definitely a way to keep... Uh, ministering to single people is just bringing them into the fold and not just making them feel like they're other than or that their life is in waiting. Or I think when you're engaging with a single person, don't just ask them like, oh, are you seeing anyone lately? Or Like, let that not be the first question. Okay. I mean, sure, we can talk about it, but I don't want that to be the first thing should, that you say to me. Should people try to matchmake? I don't know. That's that. I feel like if I were to come up to you and be like, hey, I would really love to be set up with someone, sure. But I guess the assumption of like, hey, always, always setting the same person up over and over again communicates like, yeah, like I don't think your life is enough. Giving, Let me set you up with someone. Giving your grandson your number, <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, that sort of don't stuff. Don't do it. No, don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Unless someone has clearly said, hey, why does anyone Unless set me Unless someone's seen a real photo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Vetted the person. Um, he's trying to think of something funny to say <laughs> right now. Like, never mind. <laughs> what? No. What <laughs> he just stopped himself. He stopped himself. Like, do you want to like, put out your phone number for any? Oh, goodness. Joking. He just ruined well, it. Well, I, I, I want everyone to know that I am very willing to be set up. Oh, okay. Because I am not. That's a whole nother conversation. I'm just mm. not as like forthcoming with single men, you know. Okay. I'm so not you, this you are funny. Willing to be set up. Yeah. By anybody? Uh, no, only. You need no dish if you're gonna. Set yes, up. or. You need her. Or I, I, yeah. Send you her don't need... this week. Don't ask her about her dating life. Well, send, I will be yeah. in Europe, so. Send us a don't. resume of your suitor. <laughs> and I we'll evaluate, and I don't, then we'll oh, uh, send it to our people. Do you want us to serve as like a a board? A board for such uh, uh, applications? Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like this conversation right here is undoing the rest, of the, undoing the rest yeah. of the conversation. Well, we apologize for that. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. I mean, that was kind of a joke. It was a joke. I it mean, I, I'd take resumes. Okay. Yeah. Caleb Wolf, on by my behalf. Yes. Okay. I'm your. Well, you're going to get an assistant now working at 
I'm okay, not going to get an assistant. <laughs> so you, Who do you think I am? You've only said um, positive things so far. Yeah, give us, church, hit us, hit like, us. Is there something we can do better? Nail us. As leaders and as a church community that maybe, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, you're, you're talking about your experience within. I, I think, what would you yeah. say to like maybe unmarried individuals in our church who haven't yet experienced what you're talking about? Well, that feels tricky, too, because I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I think there is this, like, as as a married person, having an eye for those, for just, yeah, for people who are different than you. So if there are people who are single at our church, don't feel the same way. Like, are we looking out for those people or is it just easier to talk to who you already know or, Mm -hmm. you know? But just having an eye for those. Like if they're sitting alone, you know? Yeah, like Like, I think one thing that we can do, you tell me if this is mm -hmm. whatever. Um, Say this is wrong. Yeah. But like sometimes as we can't, so like I've got a bunch of kids and I could look at single people as like, well, they're available. Please, please stop asking only the single people to babysit at church. What about dog sitting? I'm putting this, I don't like dog sitting either. I'm putting this out there. I love. Sounds like a you thing. I love, no, I'm telling you, we've had conversations. Okay. Oh, there's, it feels like, it feels like a few of us always get asked to babysit or dog sit because it's like, oh, if you're single, you're inherently free all the time and it's like actually I'm not yeah. nor do I like doing stuff like that so like I, I know for like now there are a few singles in our church who do have our kids from time to time mm-hmm. for instance Betsy and I are going to be out of town coming mm-hmm. up and for about 24 to 36 hours of that one of our single women will be staying at our house mm-hmm. our are you boys. paying market rate that's a great question. I don't, I don't actually, I don't, I don't have much to do with this. This is between them and my wife more uh, in terms of the working out. But like, that's somebody who we spend an enormous amount of time with mm-hmm. as adult friends. Yes. With our whole family. Yeah. It's not like our relationship is, hey, will you babysit? Yeah. Right. So like, yeah. I think that's an important part. Like, it's yes. one thing for somebody to serve your family by keeping. Yeah. Your in the context of a much broader, yeah. bigger relationship. Yeah, but don't just invest but, in them so that you can yeah. get free babysitting. It's like, yeah. no, there's like a bigger picture here. Like you guys, yeah, you've done a lot of life together, and this is, yeah, this is just a need that you have. In this, don't ask them to time. watch your, your little scruffy no. being for a week. I, being invited over to have dinner with whole families, good or bad? Oh, I love that. Good. I love that, okay. yes. I personally do. I mean, you know, feels like, what life is supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. Also, I think for single people at our church, community doesn't just come to you. You have to go to community. So mm-hmm. I think it's important. You have to put in the work, too, to go, get to know people and, like, put yourself out there. And obviously it's not the most comfortable thing, but if you want to be known, you can't just expect people to come to you as well. Being invited to go out with groups of married people, not only groups of single people or Yes, but being careful about the conversation that you're having because I've definitely sat with a bunch of married women while they talked about their husbands and children the whole time. (laughs) And that's not really fun. It's like I want to hang out with you guys, obviously, but because I know you're fun people and that we're going to have rich conversation. But then somehow, sometimes it can take a turn Mm -hmm. and then you're just quiet for an hour because you have nothing to add. Dish, am I a fun person? 
I love being around you. I wouldn't <laughs> say <laughs> you're necessarily like, oh my gosh, I have that was so a way, much fun that, that was a way of you. saying no. No, I don't, I'm not saying, I'm not oh saying that God. you're not a fun oh person, God. but I just don't think you're the life of the party, and that's okay. I don't want you to be, you know? You have I so have much, a new aspiration. You have so much value to add than just being like the... I'm the death of a party. Uh, just would you no. say that I'm a fun person? Yes, you are. Wow! Thank you. Yeah. Also squirrely. Let's You're not squirrely forget that. and loud. So. <laughs> Can't believe you just called me the death of a party. I. You're she putting words in my mouth. No, no. You're putting words in my mouth. Oof. Hmm. That was. Interesting. Just, just twisted. She didn't say that. I think all. we're cutting this episode. <gasps> no. To work cut. Don't do that. Yeah. The conversation. I hope so too. <laughs> uh. Yikes. Wow. <laughs> Do you have any more questions? Caleb, uh, you're supposed to be guiding this thing. We're well, both looking she at just shot me in the head. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you asked a fairly direct question. Yeah, why would you ask state? me that? I don't know. Maybe it was like, I, was, I was expecting a, you know, a courtesy answer. Oh, oh I just wanted her to be nice. I'm very authentic. I'm not going to, like, lie to you. That's You'd nice. never tell a lie to me, no matter what I asked. I hope not. I really hope. I pray that I would never lie to you. Mm, I'll think about that. Okay. Well, we've wandered to and fro. <laughs> well, you just—we may have just stole that from a podcast that we listened to. To and fro. <laughs> we've wandered to and fro. It's what a, a podcast get, that we like. We the guys in, say that at the end of that, and so uh, we, we just kind of. Should we, we get into why online dating has killed? Never. <laughs> That's probably another time. Yeah. There, okay. there are people already upset with how long this episode I'm is. I'm so it's sorry. No, I feel like I feel like people are going to eat this up. It's just over an hour. I feel like people are going to eat this up. That's becoming our new normal now. No, no. I'm telling you, people are going to eat this up. They're going to eat it up. Yeah. Yeah. Eat it right up. This is the kind of content that we need. We're going to go. Are we going to go viral? I think so. I think we might. I have a lot of friends. We're going to see us on TikTok. The TikToks. TikTok? You know. Who's your favorite TikTok? I don't watch TikTok. Remember Vine? Oh, yeah, I still I have mine. Yeah. Riff Raff Vine. Oh, oh yeah, the those best. Caleb loves to talk about the, social media. What were those boys, dem white boys, who would do, all, they were like four Christian right, boys who we're, would we're, do we're that. Gone. You're off the rails. We're gone. <laughs> they, <laughs> we're gone. Do, they were Christians. We've lost the plot. They were okay. four Christian boys. <laughs> all right, that, this was our Patreon content. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you want to subscribe? Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. Lord have mercy. Well, thank you, Dish, uh, for... Everybody gets an assignment this week to watch 27 Dresses. and No, don't watch it. For dinner. Yes. I'm not saying it, that, because I haven't seen that movie, and I don't know. There could be something I don't I'm joking, approve of. yeah, okay, fair enough. Don't, and we're going to get... Pat- I don't remember. You, don't watch rom- rom-coms. Go watch The Sound of Freedom. Every questionable thing you say <laughs> is is open to a, a, a pastoral yeah, email. Yeah, I generally try to talk about liking movies, not recommending movies. So yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah. That's diplomatic, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but do you invite a single person over for dinner this week? Yeah, there you That's go. Assuming that I the person listening isn't. A I w- yes, and if you're a single person, ask a married person to hang out this week. Yeah. Also, I will be in your house for I'm two not, weeks. I'm the death of all and parties. And I, w- so. I love hanging out with people. So in two weeks, just you can start asking me to hang out. Thanks for listening, guys. You complete us. Love you. All right. See ya. Bye.